Dirtag. Dirtag? Huh? Is that the way you say that? You're the one who took German. Bidet? Oh, yeah. That was the... Dirtag. Dirtag? That yes. was that was the popular no, thing. No, der. Der. Der? Der. I'm not German, so it's der to me. Uber. Der, Uber. Dirtag was the popular expression... For years leading up to World War One, among uh, the government and the military, the day that's the way you do, you did salute each other, see each other, see you later, the tug. Oh, all about the day, the day we finally launch our war and we show all these countries who's boss. Yes, they were looking forward to it. How did it go? I didn't follow it. Um, so Dertag for uh, half the country is tomorrow when the <laughs> televised impeachment hearings begin. Well, the national nightmare is upon a us. A national nightmare is upon us. I get the feeling you don't sense a national nightmare. You looking at me? I don't know what is wrong with you, but anyway. <laughs> so the televised hearings tomorrow, and, uh, and more on that in just a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I th- this has been sticking in my craw, and my craw's getting all red. Oh, easy and, now. And Nobody fa- wants to hear this. <laughs> Itchy. Not a good metaphor. Find another one. <laughs> the national find, nightmare find is upon us. German word or something. This is <laughs> this is stuck in my craw. This this ongoing as I watch a Kron infection. I watch a couple of MSNBC shows every day, a little CNN, whatever, and this comes up regularly. And Ukraine who is struggling to defend themselves against Russia, denied the aid they so desperately needed. And then yesterday, Chris Matthews on MSNBC. And who benefited from denying this aid to Ukraine? Of course, Russia. And everybody nodded their head knowingly. Forgetting the story, I guess? We talked about this at the time. And and, uh, Joe Biden uh, yesterday made a statement. Um, I will just read his quote, which is usually the easiest way to do it. President Obama stuck to his... Uh, let me get all the way to the back to the beginning of the quote. <laughs> uh, Joe Biden said that by holding vital military aid to Ukraine, President Trump, quote, used the power and resources of the United States to pressure a sovereign nation, a partner that is still under direct assault from Russia, to subvert the rule of law. The problem being, of course, that the Obama-Biden administration refused to give aid to Ukraine, which maybe you agree with. That's fine. That's a that's a foreign policy decision on whether or not we thought we should help Ukraine with actual hard military help when Russia invaded them. Right. But they decided the Obama administration decided not to. Why? Because they thought it would be too provocative to Russia. Right. So both of the stupid narratives fall apart. One, the Obama administration was for, eh, let's not, uh, let's not give them military aid. We'll give we you a little food. We gave them plenty of food aid. Um, well, let me read you some of the Your quotes. You guys are getting killed. Here's some medical stuff. In 2014, after Russia annexed Crimea and began arming separatists in eastern Ukraine with tanks, armored vehicles, and rocket launchers, Ukrainian president at the time, not a TV star, uh, Poroshenko, came to Washington to plead for weapons to defend his country. In an impassioned address to a joint session of Congress, we talked about this at the time, with Biden sitting directly behind him, so it's not like Biden didn't know what was going on there. Uh Poroshenko said his country appreciated the non-lethal assistance he was getting, but declared one cannot win a war with blankets. The Obama administration was unmoved. The Wall Street Journal reported at the time that President Barack Obama has stuck to their refusal to provide weapons and other lethal military gear to Ukraine. The Obama team fears that lethal aid would provoke Moscow. Again, that's a foreign policy decision. A lot of people agreed with it at the time. Um, But you can't at this point, when when, uh, Donald Trump withholds aid... Briefly. 
and maybe for it was a bad reason, maybe it's even for an impeachable reason. But if he withheld the military aid, you can't act, you can't, and there was this country fighting for its life, and we wouldn't give them the military aid they so desperately needed and deserved. When the policy of the United States had been, under Barack Obama, to not give them that aid. Well, it's even more stark than that, because the Trump administration has given Ukraine lots of lethal military aid and stuck it in Putin's face. Oh, and by the way, quit throwing in the hole, and who did it benefit Putin and Russia? That was the whole reason for the Obama administration not giving lethal aid, because we were scared of how Russia would react. Not because he was in the pocket of Putin or anything. It's just a foreign policy decision. Again, you either agree with it or you don't. Right. You thought it was, They thought it was too provocative. But that, that whole narrative drives me crazy. I'll bet you hear a lot of that tomorrow. There'll be some oh, yeah. grandstanding about that tomorrow in the impeachment hearings. Right. Right. And well, our Ukrainian friends with literally an existential threat at their door. Yeah, well, you didn't care about it for several years when Obama was president. Right. Yeah, you're right. That is outrageous. And it's annoying. I just found myself, a wave of sadness has swept over me. A wave of sadness. It's not a national nightmare being upon us, but it's a wave of sadness. Just so much of politics is dishonest. And people get swayed by the, it it, it ends up being a a liar's contest. Not a joke. And the best liar uh, triumphs. Oh, we have a a new uh, Biden clip, don't we? A new go-to Biden clip. Are you joking? (laughs) <laughs> the are you joking? Yeah, isolated. Play that again. Are you joking? It's weird. It was only in my left ear. Is there a problem? Anyway, uh, it, he must have said it out of the side of his mouth. Are you joking? Yeah, if you say things out of your side of your mouth, people only hear them on one ear. Right. Are you joking? Yeah, there's like that. So uh, anyway. I don't want to belabor this. I probably already have, but it just drives me crazy. At the time, we were outraged by the then Secretary of State John Kerry saying, this was an 18th century act in a 21st century world. Right, oh, you taught him with that rough side of your tongue, Johnny. So he lectured Russia and then didn't give Ukraine any military aid, any real military aid. Yeah, I know it, I know it. So speaking of Ukraine, Trump's great sin is this. And it won't get him tossed out of office. I still believe this is going to, all these live hearings are going to land with the same thud as the Mueller report. Uh, his great sin was trusting Rudy Giuliani. Oh, yeah. Cause, uh, yeah, that seems like a bad move. Not only is Rudy a loose cannon, but Rudy was pursuing his own needs in Ukraine as well. If you don't know Ukraine, it was so, like, it was like all the Soviet, uh, former Soviet republics, it, wildly corrupt. I mean, the oligarchs, the, the guys with their hands on the big industries and the connections with Moscow were, ma- were making, still are making to some extent, a tremendous amount of money. I mean, in the billions, tens of billions of dollars. And they ran the place. So the place was just completely mobbed up. And, uh, and in recent years, as they've tried to sort that out and become less corrupt, um, there are still opportunities to make a tremendous amount of money by connecting the oligarchs with U.S. policy, to bend U.S. policy to the oligarchs' needs. And so Rudy's all over there. Uh, representing the president to some extent, I, I believe that. Um, also making lots and lots of money and doing things like, like with those two geeks who got arrested lately. They're they're typical of of uh, Ukrainian oligarchs. They you know they're just they're they're mobsters with legitimate businesses, and they know they can be made or broken according to American foreign policy. 
And so Rudy was courting those people and making all sorts of money while he was ostensibly because he's going through a divorce and losing a lot of money. Well, yeah, he's in financial trouble. Yeah, you don't know what you're talking about, idiot. I've never needed a divorce to want to make a lot of money, but that sure is a motivator. Um, so if you're old and could be broke soon, yeah. Oh yeah, I'll bet it is. You you could make some bad decisions. Yeah, like I said a couple of weeks ago, I saw the brilliant John Cleese of Monty Python fame on his "I Just Got Divorced and I Need the Money" tour. Which he was perfectly open about and delivered that news in hilarious fashion. So yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good. It's it's not good idea to send Rudy over there. It wasn't a good idea to bring up uh, the Bidens on that phone call. Okay, that it's gets to this text uh, that kind of fits in with this. I rarely want to respond to a respond to a single text, but I will this one just uh, because it might represent a lot of people. So you can't comprehend the difference between President Obama deciding foreign policy on national interest. Versus Trump deciding foreign policy on his own best interest? That wasn't my point. No, it's a different question. It's a different question. Um, uh, that is what is going to be argued about over the next several days, and America is going to decide whether the, how much they hate Trump doing something, and I think he was deciding some foreign policy, at least briefly, on his own interest. I just don't like the media acting like it's extra awful that Trump did that because we care about Ukraine so much, when the media didn't care about Ukraine at all. During the several years that Obama wasn't offering any aid. Right, sir. Well, I, I understand your point and your confusion because of the, the call, which, again, was it was just dumb that Trump did that in the way he did it. Um, he just gets obsessed with these cable news stories, which is odd. But um, here's the point, distilled briefly. The media and the Democrats are acting like what Trump did for five minutes and didn't even follow through on withholding that aid was a terrible, terrible sin. But withholding that aid was the official policy of the Obama administration. They turned a deaf ear and a blind eye to the bitter need of the Ukrainians. So quit acting like the needs of the Ukrainians keep them up at night. Okay? That was what Jack was talking about. Wall Street Journal has... I'd be happy to call you after every show and explain it to you <laughs> if that's necessary. Well, Are you joking? I'm not joking. Will you use that tone of voice the whole conversation? Oh, and worse than that. Uh, Wall Street Journal with an exclusive out today. Google is working on a secret project to collect personal health data of millions of Americans. So that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Among other things we can talk about coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Strong and Getty Show. In about 10 minutes or so, Marshall Phillips will give a little rundown of what to expect tomorrow, impeachment-wise, just kind of the schedule and that sort of thing. Man, I just saw something. It wasn't quite on the level of a talking dog or a triple rainbow. It was one step below. Double rainbow all the way. This CNN anchorette gal was talking to some just absolute weasel Democratic congressman. And she said, listen, fairness is important, or at least the appearance, uh, the appearance of fairness. And uh, the, the Republicans are asking for these witnesses to testify publicly. These are people you interviewed behind closed doors, then leaked selective bits of their testimony. And the Republicans are saying, why don't we hear their whole testimony out in the open? And, and, and you're not letting them testify. And the guy said, well, I defer to Chairman Schiff and his judgment. 
if if we let everybody and their mother testify, the complaint would be this is taking way too long. And it was like, wow. Wow, you know, I congratulate you with coming up with anything to answer that. So here's your question. And, you know, I, I know I'm wrong. But why don't both sides say, look, we're arguing this for our side. We're litigating it for our side. We want Trump out. So we're going to trot out everything we can come up with why he ought to be out. The Republicans can come up with a defense. Fine. Let him come up with a defense. But this whole Adam Schiff, of all people, who makes my skin crawl. It's like those supersized pictures of, of a spider you see sometimes. That, ew, you just react. Adam Schiff is being portrayed as a paragon of fairness. Who's buying that? There's some new poll just numbers. Just makes people more cynical. Some new poll numbers out on impeachment, which might be the whole ball game on uh, where public opinion is after uh, a couple of weeks from now. When the Senate does their voting, but more on that with Marshall in a few minutes. Mentioned earlier, Dr. Google is a problem for a lot of people. Yes, uh, I've had a number of doctors tell me, don't Google your symptoms. Like, well, call it internet cancer, right? Right. Jokingly. Because yeah. cancer's funny. Well, um, it's a dark joke. Two in five Americans have falsely convinced themselves they have a serious disease after turning to Dr. Google, according to a new research. Surprised it's not higher than that. Uh, 43% have looked their symptoms up online and ended up believing they had a much more serious illness than they do in actuality. (laughs) 65%, so two-thirds of respondents, have used the Internet to self-diagnose themselves. Yeah, I mean, how do you not? I mean, I I do that with either me or my kids, okay? So he's got a pain in his lower left side and a headache. Is that anything? The problem is it's always the worst thing. That it tells you. You know, I... He's got a combination of Ebola and brain cancer. Oh, that's a rough day. He's got a battle axe in his leg. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's probably it, honey. <laughs> well, let's go on this discussion board. Um, I, I've got to... Oh, co- never go on discussion boards. Oh, no, no. Yeah, my aunt had that, and well, God rest her soul. <laughs> Back when I had cancer, I would get on some of these cancer discussion boards thinking they might be a good place for, like, a community of those of us who are... You know, are going or have gone through chemotherapy or whatever. Seems reasonable. No, it's not. That is not good. That is not going to make your day better. Well, I don't know. You probably get into advice here, but there are a couple of really good medical sites. And and if you're not the sort of person who immediately rushes to believing the worst, they're pretty useful. Yeah, yeah, I do that. The Mayo Clinic one and a yeah. couple of different ones. WebMD's pretty solid, too, in my opinion. Um, three quarters of people have self-diagnosed online that have self-diagnosed online said searching their symptoms made, made them worry more about their health. Right. Uh, the Internet's medical advice is found by respondents to be reliable less than 40% of the time. I don't think it's that high. Why? I wonder what it is about the algorithms or whatever that always takes you to the worst thing. Has that got something to do with generate generates passion or interest or more clicks or something Ooh, i don't i don't know i have I no idea because i just i just go to my favorite websites and then search oh, within them the internet is skewed towards engagement if if the search result that comes up is oh it's probably nothing i don't need to click that if the search result that comes up it says you might have x i'm like right. oh no i need to learn more and i click that so, right so the engagement of the people clicking the most extreme things bump those up uh, the rankings. Which is precisely the case with Chuck Todd saying a national nightmare is upon us. A national nightmare is upon us. It's just screaming that you have cancer. 
This is kind of interesting. That's what we're going for. uh, A quarter of the people surveyed don't have a primary care physician. So Hmm. a fair number of people don't have a doctor are Googling their symptoms and then deciding the worst. So yeah, might be a certain crowd. Right, right. Well, and it, six in ten actively avoid visiting the doctor. Well, doesn't everybody avoid visiting the doctor? I, uh, I don't yeah, unless I have to. I'm gonna wait another couple of days. See, see if we, the bleeding stops. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. See if I regain my sight. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, too much, too far. Oh, speaking of too much and too far. I'm sorry. Do you have more on that? Uh, I do, but I, I can skip it. No, go ahead. More I'm, later. Yeah, more. And more to come, everybody. More <laughs> of that sort of fun. Uh, boy, we people uh, 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 mad at us for uh, making fun of the old folks being afraid of turkeys mm. at the New Jersey retirement community. Imagine yourself as a four foot eleven older female, 120 pounds, maybe with osteoporosis, balance not as good as it once was. Fifty cantankerous turkeys would be intimidating especially during mating season or when defending their young. All right. It's a good point and well made, T.N. We thank you, hmm. and we apologize for any offense given. Fantastic. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, impeachment hearings, we do have a preview for you. More Dem-on-Dem friction, and a majority of Americans say they don't recognize their country anymore. Oh, boy. You ever seen turkeys making little turkeys? I have not seen turkeys mating. Oh, I have. I've heard, it, I've heard it's quite loud. <laughs> it's, oh, it's very loud. They get into it. The N squared coming up. National Nightmare. I didn't think this would be possible, but I just came across the most interesting and persuasive impeachment statistics statistic I've heard yet. No boy. That I will weave into Marshall's news, which begins now. All right, my friends, the impeachment inquiry against President Trump will go public tomorrow. You've got- a national nightmare is upon us. Yeah. Yes, national nightmare. Mommy, mommy, I'm having a national nightmare. You got your State Department officials, William Taylor and George Kent. They'll be the first witnesses in Wednesday's public impeachment hearings. I like the format. You going to get into the format? <laughs> Each of the chairmen get 45 minutes Whoa. to start it to do the grilling, but even better. You know, Washington's lousy with, uh, with skilled lawyers. And... So they can say, all right, here's uh, my lawyer, Mr. Jones. He's going to do the grilling of you. So it's going to be serious, lawyerly, trial-like grillings. And then after that 45 minutes each, then each of the the Congress geeks gets their five minutes. And they can have Jones keep going with the grilling, or they can grandstand and make idiot speeches themselves. But at least that'll keep it moving a little bit. So Schiff will talk for 45 minutes and Collins will talk for 45 well, no, minutes? No, they have 45 have minutes to you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They could recite poetry if they wanted. They'll yeah. probably hand it over to the staff attorney to gotcha. do the grillings. It seems like that'd be a bad idea. Some dice clay up there reading poetry. <laughs> There's um, more poetry than that, Sean. So the uh, the way the rules are set up, yeah. the chair gets to decide whether or not Anybody gets to be called as a witness. So Republicans are saying, we want Hunter Biden. We want this person. We want that person. And he's saying, nah. So that's a pretty good narrative for Republicans to run out there uh, into their the media that their side hears mm-hmm. and say, look, we'd like to get our uh, voices heard. We're trying to bring witnesses and they won't let us. Yeah, that's a pretty good angle. I would agree. Um, uh, also, the Democrats clearly and I've read a couple articles about mm-hmm. this and I picked up on it over the weekend have moved from 
quid pro quo, which I could live the rest of my life without hearing that phrase, uh, to it's extortion. Extortion is the key word now. Everybody's going with extortion. On all the cable news show yesterday, the president extorted. He's an extortionist. It's clear indication of extortion. So you won't hear quid pro quo. You'll hear extortion. Yeah. Because that's a, um, uh, they think, an easier, easier to understand. To right. <laughs> it's easier to say, easier to understand. Yeah. Gets closer to whole bribery, which is actually listed in high crimes and misdemeanors bribery. So they're thinking that's a better sell. Here's your interesting poll okay. numbers. Now, first of all, the latest poll on should the president be impeached over Ukraine. This one just says impeached. doesn't say impeached and removed. Dumb. So you always have the question of do people think they mean removal or not? But it's at 43 to 40. Yes. Pretty close. It's within the margin of error. Here's the most interesting number, though. Have you made up your mind? Three quarters of people say yes. They've made up their mind. Mm. If people have made up their mind, he's definitely not going anywhere. If every single person who had not made up their mind went impeach and remove, that would be getting close to the number of senators. I mean, if the Senate exactly reflected that percentage of Americans. But if you look at Republicans... It's not going to be anywhere near that, so the Republican senators aren't going to move. Again, this is a it's a it's a show for the Democratic base, and will amount to nothing. Meanwhile, if you do want to watch the show, all the broadcast networks will be covering it live. Awesome. And we're still trying to pin down just how many hours we're talking about. I wonder how quick quickly we'll know whether this is going to be a hit show or not. Right away with Mueller, everybody recognized it was a disaster, didn't yeah. they? I mean, right off the bat, as soon as he started talking, well, I, I, I uh, could you say that again? Uh-oh. I mean, that was pretty, pretty clear from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this will be like that or not. I suspect it's going to be pretty flat because the Republicans, are they have a strategy. I think they finally figured it out, but they're going to introduce enough ambivalence into it and enough, yeah, well, maybe it wasn't great, but Ukraine got the money almost immediately. Yeah. They never did announce the investigation. Right. Trump shot off his mouth and nothing happened. Uh, I mean, that's going to be, I think, enough. I just read in a, a tweet from some journalist I don't know who said, in an ideal world, both sides would be able to, to, to just say out loud, Trump made a mistake. It's not impeachable. Well, let's not, we shouldn't do things like that and move on with our lives. But neither, well neither side can allow that to happen. Right. Yeah. Trump's not going to say he made a mistake. And. The other side's not going to let go of the bone. So, Democratic presidential candidate uh, Representative Tulsi Gabbard is not letting Hillary Clinton's comments about her last month go without doing something. Her campaign has just released a letter from her attorneys accusing Clinton of making defamatory statements about Gabbard and now demanding a public apology. During a podcast appearance in mid-October, Clinton said, I think they've got their eye on somebody who's currently in the Democratic (laughs) primary and are grooming her to be the third-party candidate. She's a favorite of the Russians. They have a bunch of sites and bots and other ways of supporting her Mm -hmm. so far. Now, while Sites and bots and ways of supporting... (laughs) <laughs> while, it was, <laughs> while it was initially reported that Clinton meant the Russians were grooming Gabbard, her uh, spokesperson later said she meant the Republicans were grooming her to mount a third-party campaign. Nah, right. Number one, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, fine uh, young woman that she is, yep. is doomed. Her uh, candidacy has no chance. 
She is like Kamala Harris, and, and you're Cory's Booker, and you're uh, Julian's Castro. There's more than Castro. one Cory Booker now? They're trying desperately to just get attention for anything. So You're fine. Cory's Booker. You're Julian Castro's. Julian's Castro. <laughs> Um, I, I, weren't you going to mention a Supreme Court thing there, Marshall? Yep. You got that? Okay. Yep. That, that's big news. Got I think. that coming up right Come now. On! Okay. U.S. Supreme Court has ruled against the Remington Arms Company's attempt to avoid the liability lawsuit filed by the Sandy Hook families. The company marketed the weapon that was used in that deadly 2012 mass shooting at an elementary school in Connecticut. So the Supreme Court saying they can attempt to sue Remington. Yes. Wow. They can continue to go with that. I I, I need to I need to read the decision. Uh, I I'm I shocked even, by that because there's been a law in place for a very long time that you can't do that. I didn't even it, think that would get off the ground. It's a gun. It's supposed to shoot bullets, and and you know uh, I understand the horror of what happened in the they rest of it. They marketed it. Yeah, they make a legal product that they market to people. Yeah, it could be a narrow ruling that says, yeah, go ahead and sue. The law should not exist the way it does. And then the defense would be, yeah. it's a gun, it shoots, and, and every case okay. would be over immediately. You almost went to know. law school, you should look at that. Yeah, otherwise, a, a long look. Otherwise, it seems to me that if I bludgeon you with a hammer, then Stanley Hammers has got a problem. Right. Right. They didn't intend somebody to right. bludgeon someone with a hammer, but... Yeah, that's that's why I'm... Uh, Stop I'm, the hammering! I'm, I'm guessing this is very much about a, a, a point of law, okay. as opposed to a broad okay. principle. Gotcha, there you go. Got a 60% majority of Americans saying in a new poll that the national political landscapes changed so much that they feel like, quote, a stranger in my own country. Wow. There was large, 60%. Yep. Huh. There was largely bipartisan agreement on the issue in the Axios Survey Monkey poll. Democrats, though, were more likely to feel that way than Republicans. 70% of the Dems saying they feel like strangers compared to 52% of Republicans. Is that just because of the orange one? They just Is that what that's all about? Yeah, but that's fairly close. I mean, mm-hmm. usually everything's 80-10, 80-10 yep. on, on you know, each side. This is fairly close. Yep. Well, that's how Trump got elected. That's why Brexit happened. That's why Macron happened. The rest of it. People are feeling betrayed by their institutions. And a majority of independents also agreed they feel like a stranger in their own country. So there Hmm. you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips in the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. What's the world's most expensive spice? Wrong. Hmm. Saffron. That's what I was going to guess. Honest really? to God. You were? I you was. You can't say that now. I know. Yeah, I don't believe you. Don't me. <laughs> I don't believe you. Well, I don't no. believe you. You ought to have your mouth open. <laughs> I don't believe your face. <laughs> delicious, delicious saffron. I don't even know what saffron uh, is. Oh, I enjoy it on my breakfast cereal. I don't have anything else other than that. just thought it was... It's I, a fine spice. I wouldn't guess that. Little used. What's it taste like? Ah, uh, saffron. <laughs> it's... How do you describe a taste? Um, it's spice. It's a sick enough. Uh, you're gonna to tell describe. me. A, you're gonna tell me a spice is spicy. That's well, what you're, gonna, you're gonna describe it to me. Uh, I'm not good with words. <laughs> Saffron has a very subtle flavor and aroma. Some say it's floral. Some say it's like honey. I and some say would just all say things. pungent. Floral honey and pungent. <laughs> it's really difficult to describe. Honestly, the flavor can be hard to nail down. There you go. That's what, that's what the internet tells yeah. me. Uh, yeah, it's, well, it's, I don't like it. <laughs> Be a thing! <laughs> oh, man. I bought a couple of uh, rubs. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> Down to the bus station. Yeah. No, you, I, you and Robert Kraft hanging out again? Yeah. yeah I, I bought a couple of rubs when Judy and I were uh, touristing in beautiful Fairfax, Virginia. And uh, one was, it's the ish line. One was Peruvian-ish. And uh, like the spice is common in Peru, probably a lot of saffron. Like and, to buy a rub when you're traveling, do you? <laughs> Make it exciting. And, Make it spicy. And the other one was uh, Bayou-ish. And I did one, uh, uh, one tenderloin, pork tenderloin with each, and oh, they're both fantastic. Just fabulous. Had them left over the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the Peruvian-ish one, uh, went into quesadillas last night. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Now that's some good eating right there. Um, what's the worst thing to talk about during the holidays at the dinner table to start a fight? Saffron. They did a poll. (laughs) Yeah. Popular spices. Too much saffron in these potatoes. That, uh, gender reveals are getting bigger. One has gone wrong. And it's half an example of the biased, biased media. Um, and half just a story you ought to hear. I can't believe I didn't know this. The president has fired, demoted, or suspended over 8,000 VA employees since taking office. Oh, I want to hear more about that. Right. And the left is freaking out because it's worker abuse and the unions are mad. Whatever. Uh, Yeah, we should talk about that most definitely. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. streaming service launched this morning, which most everybody agrees is going to be a um, a major change element in the world of entertainment. 800-pound mouse, man. Yeah, it's, it's a big deal. What was the Wall Street Journal numbers yesterday? Something like 40% of people are planning to cancel Netflix in the next three months because of the Disney thing started. So that's, that's, a, that's a big deal. Um, uh, there have been a lot of glitches, although you never know if it's just everybody trying to log on at the same time in the same day, or if you got a bunch of people who aren't good with computers who are making mistakes on their own. So who knows? I don't know. Right. Either way, um, I know my family will be signing up for it probably today. A, uh, it's a tragedy, but it's a gender reveal gone wrong. A plane crash. Apparently somebody is, I didn't know these gender reveal things were getting to be a big deal. Some people really go out of their way to try to come up with a very exciting eye-grabbing, causes-people-to-talk way to announce their kid's a boy or a girl. I'm only aware of them because of the ones that go sideways. We get the news stories. Mm. It it reminds me of the big, overdone proposal that is then posted on Instagram and and Snapchat and uh, TikTok or whatever. This is driven probably by social media. Yes. So you got a picture. Yes. All right. Yeah. Please do not use gendered language to to address everyone. To tell what the gender of your child is. This is just a, a plane that crashed. They were spreading uh, 350 gallons of pink water over the sky to uh, to announce that it was a girl. But um. yeah, there was uh, there was one a couple of weeks ago. Almost got to it. This couple decided that uh, they were going to 
gather people around and videotape it all. And the guy thought, uh, you know, I, I know enough about explosives. I mean, what I'm going to do is rig up this uh, this dealio here that, uh, you know, when it's time for the reveal, I'll uh, I'll pull the, the, the trigger or light the fuse or whatever. Then I'll blast uh, pink smoke out into the air. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I read something on the Internet about making it. Eh, it'll be fine. And, of course, he did the cap was too tight on the end or whatever, and it turned into a pipe bomb and took out somebody's eye or <laughs> killed somebody. I can't even right. remember what happened. But do, do I have to go to your gender reveal party? Can't you just tell me? It looks like we're having a boy. And I say, oh, cool. And that seems like good enough. Oh, yeah. And one of the most. Uh, that I go to your house and hang around. And that's it's a big not going to shut down the gram. <laughs> the whole turning uh, one of the most intense in a good way, one of the most focused private moments. Whether it's engagement or finding out your baby's uh, sex or whatever, turning that into fodder for social media, I just think the impulse is unhealthy. Some people like to wait to find out when the baby's born, but I say if God didn't want us to know the gender, he wouldn't have invented ultrasounds. Right. Well, that's one way to look at it. Um, my wife and I, uh, uh, we had the doctor write it down on a piece of paper, and then we were going to drive to some quiet location and open up the piece of paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we did. And the doctor just wrote "f you." And the doctor had <laughs> a great written, prank. And the doctor had written a little symbol for male or female, and neither one of us remembered from school which it was. Is that a boy or a girl? I don't know. Because I opened it up, and she said, "What is it?" I said, "I don't know." It's <laughs> Prince. Apparently, I don't the know artist formerly known as Prince. <laughs> Sort of hieroglyphic. So I had to Google it, and then I Googled it several times to make sure, because sometimes, you know, the Google's wrong. Sure. So I had to get a confirmation that, oh, it is, is indeed a boy. Yeah, there you go. But the gender, why, why you got to do this to me? Don't make me show up to your party, because oh. you know what? You know what? If you say, it's a girl, we're going to cheer. And if you say, it's a boy, we're going to cheer. Right. Nobody's going, boo! But I want it to be a girl. Yeah, boo. Too many boys on earth! <laughs> You just want lots and lots of attention. Uh, yeah, and then it just, it's just sickening. I don't know. It's sickening. I you realize know. you people that do this sort of thing are sickening us all? <laughs> Please stop. Um, <sighs> worst thing to talk about during the holidays is not politics, according to this survey. Okay. <laughs> I've never actually... It's your intestinal health. I've never actually been to the proverbial dinner table where somebody says something about politics and everybody's uncomfortable. I'm sure it happens, but it's never happened in my life. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah. I'm blessed to be from a family that just doesn't go there. And or anybody pulls that once at my table, you're not coming back. I don't care what relation you are. You're not making me miserable. That's not the biggest problem. And, you know, now that I look at this survey, I can see how this would be a bigger deal. Okay. Bottom to top. 18% of people say, uh, don't bring up the cooking. Uh, I guess unless you're saying this is fantastic. Yeah, but surely you can say, oh, this is so tender. Oh, who made the uh, The bread? turkey is so nice. Is this the Sahara Desert? Oh, my God. Oh, oh my. Right. Um, is this turkey or cat? It's <laughs> disgusting. Never had jerky for Thanksgiving before. This is wonderful. How do you get it so dry? I love it really, really dry. Doesn't everybody? Any comments about drinking or alcohol? Hey, is that your third glass of wine, Joe? We haven't even really started the meal yet. (laughs) Yeah, the first two were for drinking. This one's for in your face. (laughs) Then Then while they're blinded, I leap on top of them. Break the glass on the side of the table and you (laughs) stop. A sharp shard. You having a good time, Joe? Uh, don't bring up the behavior of various people. Okay. Don't talk money. All right. 
It's hard to imagine a context in which talking money would be cool. Yeah. No. The 2020 presidential race is third. General politics is second. But number one, don't bring up long-standing family tensions. Oh, boy. <laughs> what yep. a funny idea. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> probably about time we talked about you stiffing dad for the cost of those tires. I told you! <laughs> oh, boy. Now, that would be bad. You I know, like... I stay around close to take care of mom and dad while you're traveling around the world. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. That hit home to some people. Yes, Michael. I only do that if I see that we're going to be short on food and I want to get them out of the house so I can have <laughs> leftovers or something. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm getting a little tired of this. What would really torque everybody off? Yeah, that's rough, man. Yeah. I'm glad I don't have that. What a blessing. That's one of those blessings you don't you don't understand how good you have it until maybe you go to somebody's house who who you know has those tensions and fights and arguments. It's like health. Right. I mean, you just, you know, you go about your life and then all of a sudden you get a health problem. It's oh. <laughs> and you can try as hard as you can to appreciate problems you don't have, but I just don't think the human brain works like that. <laughs> Long-standing family tensions. If I was going to a house where I don't really know the people, I should do a little research to figure out what's a, what's the family dynamic here. What are the open wounds yeah, exactly. I, can, I can really kind of re-expose? Dinner table events. Who's been mad at who for the longest period of time? <laughs> Let's talk about that. Maybe we can settle it right now. <laughs>